Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. A little late for May the 4th be with you, but the Normies are revisiting a galaxy far, far away for the first time since Starvember and Warcember. It's time to talk all about Mr. Mando, the Mandalorian, on Normies Like Us. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is the way. I have spoken. Weapons are part of my religion. I will initiate self-destruction. I would like to see the baby. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. Uh, May the 4th be with you guys. Uh, Normies, it's a little past May the 4th like Joe said up top, but we're here talking Star Wars once again, talking maybe one of the last few Star Wars things we can. We're grabbing at it. We want it. We love holding on (laughs) it because we love Star Wars on this podcast. We'll get into the EU one day. We'll get oh, into yeah. the EU, we'll get into Clone Wars, we'll get into all that stuff. But right now, we're talking Mandalorian on Normies Like Us with your host. This is uh, Colin Dune. I'll say Mike Quill. I've spoken. Um, yeah, this uh, is, the uh, Joelorian. Joelorian. <laughs> this what? is Baby Jacob. Baby Jacob. <laughs> Again? <laughs> no, it's a child, yeah. Yeah, better Jacob. not step on... The Joe DeLorean's toes, he'll take you in warm or cold. The choice yeah, is up dude. to you. It doesn't matter to me. I'm getting paid either way. That's He's right. He's no used to me dead. And we're all sitting here in our Beskar <laughs> armor. Uh, it's the best way to, again, uh, practice social distancing. It's better than a mask to sit totally in the uh, traditional Mandalorian garb. Jacob, you are sitting in like a floating little baby pod. Uh, so we're here. We're out That's here right. talking Star Wars. He's the baby in a bubble. <laughs> that's right bubble yeah baby. i think the, the armor would be kind of hot right now but it's worth it yeah, yeah. That's and uh to recording it's, reads. that's right so it's not really you know we, we talked star november war December. that was a big uh two months for us a lot of love for star wars on the podcast as colin alluded to i guess this would be like the may delorean uh, and as of recording it's like revenge of the sixth uh, because it's May sixth nice. as we record this but Damn. you know we, we row, can't Mike. get enough star wars thank you you know it's been a while <laughs> Uh, but I happy really to like do that. it, Mandalorian. And uh, yeah, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it when it was contemporary, but we figured now it's a perfect time to bring it out of the closet. It's a perfect well, time. It's one of those things where like, this is uh, maybe the, the last bastards of, of Star Wars fans liking something altogether. I mean, like up top, did, did the Mandalorian save Star Wars? <laughs> like, this is the one well, thing that uh, people are actually agreeing. Yeah, I think it served to unite the fan base. I mean... You know, the Last Jedi lovers liked it. The Last Jedi haters liked it. So we can all kind of agree on that for the most part, I think. There might be some people that are like contrarians that didn't like it. I think the fan base, as you said, Joe, like generally could all kind of stand together in this case, whereas Last Jedi and definitely Rise of Skywalker as well. Go back and listen, kind of a little divisive. But people generally agree that Baby Yoda is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Uh, since the original trilogy, anyway. I would say so. And adult Yoda, you know, we're back on Dagobah. He's he's sick. He's talking to uh, the ghost of Ben, who represents the Disney sequels, and he's saying, there is another. And he's talking about Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Joe. This is the thing that 
We're all rallying behind. I don't know why. This is what Star Wars should be. It shouldn't have anything to do with what all the other Star Wars are. It shouldn't have anything to do with the Skywalkers. It should be a TV show. Okay. <laughs> everything well, that's ever been, it should be the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think that the I think generally people like it. I think the more the debate comes, some people love it. Some people think it's good, not great. I kind of fall into the latter category where I do think it's really I do think it's good, but I think it might have gotten a little overpraised just because it's like the one good thing of Star Wars to come out recently that people can agree on. I've I heard this starving. I've heard this criticism, Jacob, and I'll throw it to you and the boys here. Uh, this is what the bar for TV should be. It's not bad. It's not good. Yeah. With the quality that we have now, this is what it should be, right? I would agree with that. But I think, you know, Clone Wars, you can make the same arguments that Clone Wars is, is, is pretty good. And people that actually watch it, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of disagreement that it's, it's a pretty good show. I mean, I think setting the bar at the most expensive television show ever made is is a little high, though. Like, people don't have Disney money all all around, you know what I mean? Is, like, is it the most I think expensive? I think it's the new version of event television. You know, like, we used to have the It miniseries where people would, like, tune in. Hell now yeah. we have episodes, you know, a, a Star Wars story contained over the course of a month and a half. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's a lot of news with Star Wars, you know, like the Taika Waititi uh, getting a film, and there's also the rumored female-centric uh, Star Wars story. Um, and they recently came out with that documentary, the first episode of the behind-the-scenes of The Mandalorian, talking about each of the directors for each of the episodes. So um, as event television, yeah, and who knows if we will have theaters anytime soon. We might only have event TV, so this is a good kind of look at a future we might all just live in, you know. And it's uh, kind of set the bar. And, I think and it's also, the first time um, Disney Plus is getting a move on things, right? Like, we're going to have all these Marvel shows, and this is kind of your first look at what to expect from those, I think. It was their first hit uh, series, for sure. And I think p- part of it, too, is just, like, the people behind it, like John Favreau and Dave Filoni, like, fans pretty much universally agree that they, like, get it, and, like, they're, they can know how to tell a good story within Star Wars. Um, compared to, you know, some of the more divisive figures that maybe have, you know, held movies or, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, who's he's a little more controversial. People seem to really like Filoni <laughs> and Favreau, right? She's the witch of this yeah. podcast, right? No, none <laughs> of us are on that camp. We don't want no, anybody to Star Wars we dudes love Star Wars. really like white, white guys. Like, like <laughs> these white guys, they're all right by me. Coming to you live from my parents' basement, it's <laughs> the Fandom Menace. Um... I, I want to ask you guys, too, because, Colin, I see this in notes. And I think this is a good place to bring it up because there has been kind of this divisive feeling about Star Wars ever since Rise of Skywalker, etc. Like, how have you guys been feeling about Star Wars since we finished Star November and War December? Like, have you been thinking about it? Have you been engaged with, like, the Clone Wars has wrapped up? You know, rewatch any of The Mandalorian? Jacob, I see you had a... I, uh, well, I haven't checked out the new Clone Wars yet, but I do think it's interesting that kind of, like, like Rise of Skywalker came out and like everyone went and saw it and then immediately like the debate around it kind of stopped and people just were like tired of Star Wars from that and people like whether you thought it was good or okay or bad like people just it kind of just dropped out of the, the zeitgeist to me anyway like over it I, I kind of that's what happened to me it's like I watched Rise of Star Wars I realized 
Rise of Star Wars. D- D- Disney never had rise any idea. Of Star Wars. What, yeah, the rise of Star Wars. <laughs> Ray, um, Ray Star, Star Wars. Wars. Ray Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I felt like, yeah, Disney really didn't have a plan for this thing. The three movies are completely different tonally. They're not connected in any way. It's just this random ass thing of movies that had to be made because they bought them. And I kind of felt like sad to like not give a shit about Star Wars. But then when... You know, I watched part of the new Clone Wars series. It's actually pretty good. I need to finish it. And then thinking about The Mandalorian for this episode. But really, yeah, I haven't thought about Star Wars that much. And I'm just sad that J.J. Abrams has ruined both Star Trek and (laughs) Star Wars for me. And that's sad. They added um, Rise of Star Wars to the (laughs) Disney Plus app on May 4th. I I watched it again. I gave it another go. Um, I I still just don't, don't like it. You know what I mean? But... The bottom line, and I think this is why we covered it for two months and why we're talking about Mandalorian again, is Star Wars is Star Wars, and I love thinking about, talking about, watching, playing, reading all things Star Wars. So I'm excited to be talking about it again with the Mandalorian here. I agree. I just think it's it's weird how like the Rise of Skywalker just kind of like ended people's excitement for, for Star Wars for a while, but I hope to get that back. And Mando season two, I think that'll bring it back, and, and I definitely want to check out the new Clone Wars stuff as well. You guys talk so much about um, high production budget consumability when it came to Mando. You got to ask, like, is this water cooler television? I'm so with Jacob's mindset that we were never bigger Star Wars fans than when we were doing this podcast, and it was days before Rise of the Star Wars came out, and I'm like, oh my god, I love Star Wars <laughs> so much. It's all I'm thinking about. I didn't rewatch it, Joe. I haven't thought about that again. It it just killed all the momentum. You got to wonder why, right. and if Mando can yeah. survive that. Well, it's yeah, I saw it's not it twice in good, theaters, but... and then like after that, I was like, all right, I don't need to see this movie for like a good couple of years until there's a reason to like no. rewatch the series. No, until some Jacob, fan is like, well, actually, <laughs> yeah, I always see the new Star Wars twice in theaters, and mm. even that one after the first time I saw it, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go see this again when I visit my family for the holidays, but I'm not super enthusiastic about it. Uh, that's I watched it four times watching for it. that. That's right. I remember <laughs> the Mike overhaul where he's like, we're really going to get the opinion here. And how many times you watched Last Jedi? The code. No, yeah. <laughs> I just tried to crack the code. Last Jedi, I only watched twice for that. But um, yeah, Mandalorian, though, uh, well-loved, getting a new uh, season uh, in October, it's been announced, uh, and that documentary series. So maybe now's a good time to just jump in. Let's talk about what's the most popular of the recent Star Wars that Disney has done, the least divisive, the most entertaining, in my opinion, The Mandalorian. Follow me. This is the way. It's just Ennio Morricone. <laughs> it's not even the Mandalorian. No, it's, it's fucking thief. It's just fistful of dollars. Ludwig Grossman. We're back. We're talking Mandalorian on a hot May the 4th, May the 6th day. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about Rise of Star Wars. It's interesting. The history of Mandalorian. That's of what we're course. calling it. That's what we're calling it for this episode. Ray um, Star Wars. It came out again in November 2019, so right before the holiday break. It's another case where it was the promotional tie-in to Rise of Star Wars. 
Star Wars has become such a Christmassy thing. Jacob, you were like, I saw it four or three times, two times, because you're seeing it with family, you're going to your theaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to ask, we had that free time, you know, that sets it up to, it was dropping on Disney+, Plus. we're all kind of taking holiday breaks, it's pre-crisis, to give it a little DC flair. Um, <laughs> did you guys binge it? Did you consume it right away? Well, I binged it and then I watched it week to week. Right. Immediately when it came out, basically. And you're like, oh. did you guys watch it Thursday night or did you watch it Friday night? Because it dropped Thursday night. Sometimes really late. Yeah, right? sometimes Thursday night. Sometimes I waited until the, the next moment day it comes out. Sleep or something. It got to the point in my office because it's it's a bunch of nerds talking about nerd stuff all the time. Where if you didn't watch it on Thursday night, you had to walk around with your headphones all day. That was yeah, that was us too. Like yeah. uh, you know, friend of the pod Adam. And Mike, they'd be like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. So don't spoil anything. So I couldn't talk about it. It was so frustrating. Chat's got brutal. <laughs> if I heard the word like Mandalorian or Baby Yoda, I'd be like, shut up. Nobody <laughs> talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hit you. Well, I will use physical violence and I don't want to. Mike, and that's the perfect kind of launch pad spot, I would say then. We're talking about how are you not getting spoilers blown away? How are you not getting uh, wrapped up in it every week? you got to watch it right away. Guys, how did... Baby Yoda slipped past humanity. How did everybody get that secret kept so well that when it finally came out, oh my god, spoilers, did you see? There's a Baby Yoda. It's this thing that they've never done before. Oh my god, the background of a Yoda. Is it a clone? Is it a baby? Oh my god. Right. Yeah, I gotta say that was really well done by Disney and whoever because, I mean, I didn't know anything about that going into watching the first episode. Like, by the end of that, I was, like, blown away. I was like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, no one did. Like, no one knew about it at all. And I think that was... Something that people were already hyped for a new Star Wars series. They liked all the creators. They liked the cast. You add the cutest fucking creature to ever exist on top of it. And it's oh. like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to watch Pedro Pascal and a Mogwai run around fucking <laughs> space, space desert exactly, and do space yeah. western stuff. Well, you've seen a lot of stuff get spoiled by, uh, you know, toy toy companies like accidentally leaking the artwork. Like we knew the lizard was going to be in uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I think, or whatever, because of the toys. But they didn't have it. That's why there was no merchandise for this thing come Christmas, because they didn't want to risk anything right. getting out. No, it, it was cool to be surprised. And Mike, you brought up toys, so I got to talk about it. Yeah, like the the Baby Yoda, the child Funko, one of the best selling pops of all time. Right now, we're starting to see that merchandise hit, but the biggest thing, the 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 Furby of Baby Yodas, is going to be like for Christmas next year. I mean, it's a full year afterwards. Like, I'm assuming Baby Yoda's still going to be around for season two, but like that's staying power, man. Like, you're 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 introducing a toy. A full year before Christmas and being like, yep, that's the Christmas toy. Well, Joe, and hell yeah, he's going to be around. He's going to have his own little Beskar armory. He's going to look adorable. <laughs> oh, my well, God. Well, also with so. all the memes and everything, like, he was definitely the most iconic thing to come out of this show, at least in the first season. And even people who don't watch it, don't know anything about Star Wars, they knew about Baby Yoda through the internet and stuff. So, job well done yeah. by Disney there. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's interesting is we have eight episodes, each with a different director, right? They're more or less self-contained, but there is an overall series arc. And, um, you know, the last episode dropped right before Rise of Star Wars, right? Like the week right. before. As a and uh, it introduced the power of force healing before Ray right. Star Wars used it. And then um, I, I think it's really cool because we talked about iconic 
things that came out of it. Like you mentioned, Baby Yoda is like this iconic character. But like even quotes. What's your favorite quote from Rise of Star Wars? Zor, you made it. Other than that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Mike. So hold on. I want to ask you this then, dude. Um, Is that so we have said off pod, obviously, that uh, Mandalorian kind of has a lone wolf and cub inspired story, blah, blah, blah. But the babification, because you just brought up Babu Frick, too, and I think that just really adds to the point. How are fanboys, Mike, not in an uproar of like, well, fucking Disney's making it so Disney. Look at these babies with huge eyes that are in every chapter of Star Wars. Why is it so universally accepted? I feel like there probably are some people that are like that. Well, I think that's, Colin, I think that's a big generational thing. Because if you talk to older Star Wars fans, Ewoks were blasphemous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people thought that was bullshit. Don't put and them for us, the it's like, no, I love the Ewoks. Hey, so Jacob, in Mando Season 2, when is Jar Jar popping up? <laughs> when are we going to get Jar Jar back in? Jar Jar with some, right. some Beskar armor. Yeah, but we kind of, our generation grew up with Ewoks. Like, I was never like, man, fuck Ewoks. I was just like, yep, that's, they're, they're in Return of the Jedi, and that's the way it is. Like, I, I was never upset by them. They're not my favorite thing, like, when I go back and revisit it, but I never hated them, so I, I don't have uh, the capacity to just hate Baby Yoda out of nowhere. I mean, I like, I like Baby Groot. Yeah. Another Disney creation, oh, but now him. get get aside, Baby Groot. You're you're out of here. It's about you it now. I would I think another I would thing put like Baby Groot over an open flame and use him as as fire <laughs> baby firewood to keep guys. Baby Yoda warm. But I think yeah. another underrated thing that goes into it is the fact that Baby Yoda is a practical versus CGI. Um, because if you look like Ewoks, they're practical. Obviously, I feel like things like that they have longer staying power. Um, then like, cause the CGI thing can look super dated, like in a couple of years, like with, you know, some of the stuff from the, the prequels, but baby Yoda will still look good, you know, a decade. So Jar Jar, Jar Jar looks great. And, and the he thing always they do with their face and the, his, the emotions of his face and everything is so well done. Well, Jacob, yeah. what do you think about that hollow deck technology that they use then to get those completely CG backgrounds? You know, I think those look pretty good in the puppet. Like you're saying looks yeah. pretty good as well, but it's easier to I, do that than to do like, like creatures that are 100% CGI, which generally don't age well, right? Yeah. I love, I want to touch on that filming technique, like um, where they have basically all of the walls and the ceiling are projectors, you know, like video screens, so that you're getting actual reflections of laser beams like on the, the ship hall and on the Mandalorian's helmet. It's not CG. Like they're able to put the desert sunset. What, what I said on a couple episodes is the ability to shoot during sunset for 12 hours. Yeah. Like, come on, man. You can get some of the, the looks of this show are just incredible. Mm-hmm. See, exactly. Two, a double sunset for 12 hours straight. Um, so that like the look, the tone and the practical, like it's almost like when we had matte paintings, just a modern version of a matte painting is a screen. And I love that. Yeah. I think you're a hundred percent right there. I mean, like the show deserves credit on a filmmaking level for those advancements. And I mean, did you guys watch the, the gallery show? Can we talk a little bit about did, the, yeah. the directing? I watched here? that as well. Sitting yeah, in I mean, that you weird little hologram so many set, people. Joe. So cool. Yeah. But like Dave Filoni, um, Rick Fukunawa, you got, uh, Bryce Dallas Deborah Howard, Chow. Deborah Chow, all of these filmmakers with all of these different voices Taika. coming together to make something so unique. Taika seemed like he was on drugs. <laughs> he always <laughs> yeah. does. I think he always does, yeah. Well, Taika, you know, he's getting his own movie now. He's kind of the golden boy that can do no wrong in Hollywood right now. 
Well, he saved Thor. He's like he the, Thor. the James Wan of, you know, it's like if you could save Aquaman, you're pretty good. If you can save Thor, you're pretty good. And right. did that. And he's like the prototypical, like he can do little indie movies. He can do big blockbusters, obviously. So um, everybody wants him there. He's a hot commodity. Right. Well, this is what I've been saving for weeks is uh, Jar Jar Rabbit. That's going to be his movie. <laughs> Oh, Mike. (laughs) You're welcome. Because that's kind of the Marvel, that's been the Marvel strategy of like getting, you know, a hot young director off his first like indie project and then putting them, and then sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go well and they fire him and get someone else. But um, I think Taika has obviously been the big success to come out of that kind of formula. And now he kind of proved himself with his own episode of Mando and now he's getting his own movie. I would say James Gunn. The finale. Oh, for sure. I would say James Gunn was James that before Gunn. Jacob for Marvel a little yeah. bit. So it's kind of interesting. You wonder why they don't make the jump too. But John Favreau, obviously coming from the Marvel world too, they get it. They're all doing this right. world building. Yeah, I agree. And like the other thing too with world building is the Mandalorian does like a really interesting job. At first, I was worried of like, oh, are we just going to be seeing Tatooine and the Cantina and the same shit, right? But we see new planets, we see new aliens, we see new characters, and for the most part, they don't really lean on the original trilogy at all, and I think that was really smart. Well, and I think they did something really special that when they did go back to original locations, it didn't bother me. Like, they had built a universe where I wasn't turned off by the nostalgia factor there, Whereas you look at some of the stuff in the sequel trilogy and I hate it. So just like through their storytelling, they managed to make me like something that I didn't like in other Star Wars. It's almost like when we do go to the cantina, it's to set up the world because we're seeing, oh, well, now a droid is running the bar where when we were first there, no droids allowed. Right. So the world has changed and that the way they do use callbacks is all in service of the story. Right. And what I really like about it is like, it kind of connects, um, like it makes references to the sequel trilogy, it makes references to prequel stuff, it makes references to original stuff. So it really feels like a connective tissue between those. Because like, you know, there's like a line where it's like, oh, Canto Bite. Uh, but then you also have prequel, like you have the pit droids from the prequel. So I like how it kind of connects those franchises. Did you guys, obviously, were, were pretty well-versed in Star Wars. We were excited for the show before it came. Mm-hmm. So we knew the time period, which is in between the original and sequel trilogies. Um, was that a question for any of the people you talked about when the show was going? Like, were they confused when this took place? Because that was something I encountered a lot. Oh. I think for the average viewer, yeah, I did I did encounter that a little bit. Like, my parents would ask me, like, wait, what, when is this? Oh, that's you know? really Baby Yoda? See, and yeah, that's like, no, thing, that's Joe. not. <laughs> Time was so pulled out for people in my life where a lot of young women would say to me, hey, Colin, by the way, I'm watching uh, a Star Wars. Do you know about the Mandalorian? Hey, baby Yoda, huh? And it's like they don't care. They don't care. It's the most normie thing on the planet, Joe. They do not care. Because yeah. even we are calling him baby Yoda, but he is not baby Yoda. It's just a normie right. thing. We don't know what his species is. to see the baby. I think Disney might be kind of... <laughs> Do you think be a little mad that that was the nickname that stuck when they wanted to call it like the child? Uh, the child, you got to get fast, man. <laughs> I don't think they give a shit. To be honest, I think they're no, just like, it, oh, so. no one's sending us death threats for a change. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, that's people true. aren't calling it soy wars for five minutes. <laughs> this is we, we we did it. We're winning. Do you guys think right, that right. the child says his ABCs backwards? 
I mean, do you think like we get to the point where we watch him like learn to walk and stuff? If he doesn't, will he speak sound like Yoda? He must, Joe. If he doesn't, Z-Y-X. he's just an idiot. Yoda was just a weird. Yeah, idiot I think it'd be really funny if no one else in Yoda's species talks like that. He just has a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, we never heard Yaddle speak. It might just be him. Yaddle. Or what if That's like so Yoda knew that no one else would see any of his species, so he was just like. I'm going to pretend this is a part of my culture because, like, no one can tell me wrong. It's like like the guy who goes to the party and, like, thinks his suit is his personality. You know, (laughs) I'm just going to wear this forever. This is who I am, okay? I talk weird and I'm a mentor. He started talking like that and then he realized (laughs) people thought he was wiser and took him more seriously when he talked like that. So he just kept doing it. That's how he climbed the corporate ladder. (laughs) Just while we're talking about weird talking characters, and I do want to hear everybody's favorite character here in a bit. Um, but I just, we got to give a shout out to Werner Herzog. Joe was just doing a great impression of him. Um, I don't know if you guys know the history. Werner Herzog did a bunch of those online master classes. Do you remember when people were doing those? Where yeah. he would say and criticize that a lot of people's film school knowledge started at Star Wars. I've never seen a Star Wars. I find the films to be idiotic and, you know, <laughs> lacking uh, carnal, blah, blah, blah. You know, just t- saying all these things. Do you find a hypocrisy there then that he is so involved in one season of a Star Wars show? And Mike, you're talking about that adorable little Yoda baby. He was one of the people who was saying, no, you must keep it practical. To turn this into a CG effect would be to like wound this production. Oh man. I mean, uh, I appreciate I him do- there, but it also seems like the ultimate like Disney will get us all in the end. by him. Ha ha like, ha, oh, Star Wars your money is still is green. Silly. <laughs> well, if he actually were to direct something from Star Wars, I'd be surprised. But I mean, speaking as a huge Werner Herzog fan, just at I'm a fan of the guy. I'm a fan of his movies. Like I've kind of seen what he looks like. Ent- I love, <laughs> the, I, I love the guy. I love his personality. Someone cook me a shoe. <laughs> I've seen like the majority of his filmography, both fiction and documentary, and I just love the guy. And so to see him in that is just like amazing just because like i anytime he pops up as an actor because he's done it a few times it's just so kind of random and awesome that he's just such an eccentric guy i just love him i i just like hope that if they ever bring him back in the star wars universe he's like doing documentaries like the tuscan raiders (laughs) work in a straight line to hide their their planet but not anymore (laughs) (laughs) exactly i needed i need the in-universe documentaries about all the species of uh, Felucia and shit. I do love that he's a part of it, though. And, I, you know, I, I'm one of those people that likes that people grew up knowing how to make movies from Star Wars. Like, in that gallery show, Bryce Dallas Howard tells a story casually about how her dad took her to Japan on a business trip and went to dinner with Kurosawa and fucking George Lucas. Like... <laughs> Oh, man. We know from behind the scenes footage that the Mandalorian set was like the place to be in Hollywood when it was happening. Like everyone oh, yeah. just wanted to hang out there. And Joe, Bryce Dallas Howard's oh, yeah. uh, godfather was George Lucas. She tells these stories about how, well, my first Christmas gifts were the first set of Star Wars toys. We got those before any kids got them, you know, at all when, when people got the pre-order stuff. No, I, I got some of the original runs. I've been playing with Star Wars toys my entire life. Why shouldn't I be allowed to to direct Star Wars stuff? And this is the first thing with female directors. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, and right. can we talk about? I mean, let's let's dive into some of the episodes, right? I want to know your guys' favorite moments yeah, yeah, and stuff. Sure. Um, 
Bryce Dallas Howard's episode is the one that introduces Cardoon and like you're you're really starting the the adventure as a whole. So like to dive in and also have one of the memes that isn't going anywhere for a long time where the child is is sipping the bone broth. Like <laughs> you created oh, yeah. something that's gonna exist as long as Willy Wonka's you get nothing. And to go right back to that dinner with Kurosawa, that's like another Seven Samurai episode. You know, like that's what that template is. And 100%. I could just see George, hey, hey, Akira, look at these chopsticks. You know, we, we made ones that, uh, that look like lightsabers. Now that I remade <laughs> Yojimbo, them. and that's what this all is. <laughs> it's like, hi, hi, George. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like there's the, the classic template, like we're saying, Lone Wolf and Cub or um, Forbidden Fortress, right, influencing Star Wars. And then Bryce Dallas Howard, who had a dinner with the guy who created the thing that influenced Star Wars with also George Lucas, who made Star Wars, is now making a Kira Kurosawa influenced Star Wars thing. Yeah, it just really seems so fucking wild. cool to me. It's like it's like poetry. They rhyme. And I think Bryce even did a better job with the Star Wars property than her dad did, if you think about it. Oh, very true. Ooh. I mean, he <laughs> yeah, came in about and, you know, salvage a mess, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge fan of Ron Howard. Asked a mess that maybe Disney made for themselves. Well, yeah. I'll tell yeah. you, though, he was trying to- that mess, and this is what I'm so excited about with The Mandalorian, can be cleaned up. You can rectify that. I did not enjoy Kira as a character or a performance, but I would be super excited if she popped up in this series somehow or, or you know, we, we learned about some of these other crime syndicates and stuff that like we've Black seen. Sun. Yeah, like Black Sun popping yeah. up. Having Darth Maul ex- explored is, a, is also something I think we could see. Like the Disney Plus universe of Star Wars shows is something that uh, I'm super excited about based on the Mando series. Yeah, Joe, and that's like episode four you mentioned. I think just to put us in a. Spot. I would say the episode where they introduce uh, blue shrimp. Uh, but Joe, uh, that's an interesting question because what what will this be? Is Mandalorian a test kitchen? Is it something where they can say we've got all these scraps that are Darth Maul next season with the Asuka Tano rumors? We you know we haven't gotten a live action her. We don't know what we're doing with her. It's like is Mando just going to be the All right, squeeze them in here. If they're received well, we'll fucking figure it out. I mean, one thing I love about the series is every single episode feels like it could be its own short film. Like, every episode feels like a well-made short film. So it doesn't really bother me if it's a test kitchen, because, like, you know, the, the Rick Fuganara episode that's, like, the the heist film, like, I would, wouldn't mind prison, seeing yeah. any of those characters again. Like, yeah, test it yeah. out, man. This, it's working. And I think, you know, some one of the complaints that people might have about the show is that, like, maybe some of the episodes kind of felt like filler, but I didn't really feel that because like even the filler episodes were good in their own right as like a standalone story. And I think people are, have just gotten into this mode where they want to see like a, they, they want something to happen every episode that feeds into the larger plot. But I like the, the more standalone the most filler epic episodes. tale ever told and every episode has to be, no, I'm with you, Jacob. If I get blue Jawas every once in a while, <laughs> that's gravy. Yeah. Yeah, and I like, um, like Jacob said, they don't all have to, uh, you know, 
apply to the larger story thread, but like it almost reminds me of Cowboy Bebop where like each episode is kind of self-contained on a theme and there is an overarching, you know, story, but sometimes it's just we're going to take a break and explore this this idea. Yeah. Um like the prison break. It's like that set was like two hallways and a 90 degree turn, but it still felt like super epic and it's not on another alien planet. Like the way they're able to use their resources and make everything feel right cohesive but also distinct is is pretty interesting and that has to do with those directors each really flexing their muscles to the best effect i mean also the the base plot is pretty fucking simple right like bounty hunter gets job bounty hunter doesn't want to do job because child bounty hunter is on run with child like that's the plot. and i like that you know know, yeah it works that he you know he's on the run so there are going to be some episodes where not a lot advances the the main plot but he you know they're He's going from planet to planet looking for jobs. And I like how, like, every time there's some kind of twist where it doesn't work out, he thinks he's going to get paid. And then at the end, like, he doesn't get paid because, you know, someone double-crossed him. I like that um, whole aspect. It's like Firefly and Cowboy Yeah, Bebop. The same thing happens to those exactly. guys. And Baby Yoda is the Corgi. And then, of course, we're also cribbing from Terminator. Yes. We're getting a <laughs> lovable IG-11 who's walking into the lava going, like, giving you the oh. thumbs up as he's destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Save John Yoda. Even that, like, you know, people loved IG-88 who did nothing in the original movies, some stuff in the comics, and was a boss in the Shadows of the Empire game. So now we're seeing, like, that droid actually do something real, you know what I mean? Like, that droid model obviously is not the same, but learning more Mm -hmm. of the mythos of, like, oh, these are bounty hunting droids. There's a bunch of them. We know 88 and 11. Yeah, so there's at least, you know, that other 66 remaining. Yeah. Um, oh, good, quick I think it's cool. 77. Hey, you know, I think I missed <laughs> the first 10, though, so it's like 76. Anyway, um, I do like that idea of exploring, like, yeah, IG-11 just stood still. And this was originally going to be rumored as, like, a Boba Fett and IG-11 show. And I, at first, would think I would love that, but I'm so happy that it was not that, you know, and that it's yeah. just a generic Mandalorian and a generic... IG-11, I, I think that is much better. No, I think it works to just have it be, you know, Lone Wolf and Cub going from adventure to adventure, and then you can use that as a playground to do world building and have, you know, different characters drift in and out, and I'm excited to see, like, what they do with Ahsoka Tano and stuff and how that fits into the Mando story. I need Dengar. <laughs> oh, Bosk. well, we know about Dengar, right? Because Dengar was... Did you? Do you guys know about Dengar and Dengar. the Rise How did they get killed, Joe? Well, in the Rise of Star Wars, if you read the encyclopedia... <laughs> Don't you dare say it right. <laughs> because you have to... In order to understand the Rise of Star Wars, you have to read a book. And that book is the encyclopedia, which just has tidbits. Right. And one and of play the dudes Fortnite. in... <laughs> and play Fortnite. And dab, dab on them, Sith. So if you read the encyclopedia, there is a nod to one of the background characters who's like super fucked up looking and is rumored to be... Dengar, who has like been mega fucked up and gone through a bunch of surgeries to essentially go in hiding. Huh. Okay. So maybe we'll get classic pre-surgery Dengar. I hope so. uh, Or maybe Mando is one of the people that fucks him up and he has to go in hiding. And then that's just one of those weird mega deep cut ties that only people like me will be able to say on podcasts like this. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Hold on. I like this because I like talking deep cuts for a second. Let's take a step back and look at that title. Mandalorian. Jacob, I want to ask you, this is Normies Like Us, Niche to Normie, blah, blah, blah. We'll go around here. 
the term Mandalorian. How familiar w- were you with that? Did you know that Boba Fett was a Mandalorian, Jacob? Um, yeah. Pushes up glasses. <laughs> well, um, I do. The th- interesting thing is that, well, I didn't realize that actually Boba Fett's not a Mandalorian. Right. Or the clones just, aren't. And I, I guess, guess they sort say. of explain that in the prequels, but um, basically he's just wearing Mandalorian armor that he stole from a Mandalorian or something. I don't know. But no, he's. My, he's See, that's where it gets tricky, though, because there's Mandalorians and then there's foundlings. So it's like if you're raised in Mandalorian culture. And I also think that, you know, the Mandalorians kind of got some retconning to fit into what they are now. Because even the the thing I most remember about Mandalorians pre-watching the show was from some arcs in the Clone Wars show. Uh, like where there's so basically Obi-Wan has kind of a love interest who's the queen of Mandalore um, Mm -hmm. and they have whole arcs with with him trying to like rescue her and stuff because like she's trying like there's like another group that wants to assassinate her so I remember that from Clone Wars yep and Darth Maul is trying to take over Mandalore Death Watch Watch. does Obi-Wan's girlfriend wear armor no that's the other thing is that a lot of the Mandalorian didn't wear armor at least in the Clone Wars. Well, in the Clone Wars, they're going through a weird period where you have essentially extremists and regular folk, and the extremists are Death Watch, wear the helmet, this is the way, right. battle it all out. And then you have like people who <laughs> want to move past that barbarian, in quotations. All right, question of the pod. Yeah, past the violent then. identity. Question of the pod. Would you want to be Mandalorian? Could you follow the way? Would you want to keep that helmet on all the time, Mike? Well, as the Mandalorian said, uh, weapons are a part of his religion. So I'm pretty sure Texas is already on the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was kidding. Shut up, Texas. Y'all great. Reminds me of the, uh, the Brotherhood of Steel yeah. from Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Blurg is riding back. Disintegrating Jawas. Um, I don't know if I want to follow the way because I don't like, I don't like being shot at and the whole uh, the violence part uh, generally. <laughs> yes, I want a jetpack. so hot. What about some whistling yeah. birds? Ooh, whistling I, I, birds, Jacob. Oh, nice. I don't have the stomach for it. Uh, it is a cool idea, but yeah, no. I mean, I would give me that dark saber though. That thing is fucking sick. I do like how they. Ex- That's only for the leader of Mandalore, right? And and the how they explain like the sigils or whatever they're called. Uh, it's very interesting to me. I don't know. I don't forget what they're called. The way they flesh out the culture is like definitely besides the Clone Wars. Yeah is like the most thorough that it's been explained to the average viewer. And for most people who didn't watch Clone Wars, which most people didn't, it's like definitely the biggest dive into Mandalore culture. For sure. It also makes some things canon that weren't canon before. So one of the things I love about this show is that Dave Filoni is a Star Wars nut. I mean, this guy knows everything there is to know, basically. Um, Do you guys know about the Mythosaur? I know about the Mythosaur. So they were all hunted down. Oh, the great Mythosaur. <laughs> yeah, that's canon <laughs> now. Like, the fact that that's yeah. canon now is crazy. That's something that's been in Star Wars forever. For those who don't know, their skull is the, the symbol that is on Boba Fett's armor. All of their weapons in the first generation of Mandalore were made from the bones of this creature that they hunted. Um, the fact that, like... 
they're plucking things from the expanded universe and making them canon in the Mandalorian is super exciting for me. And we're getting yeah. our first live action version of things that they've done animated before. That is also super exciting. Like Ahsoka Tano, which I'm very excited to see how she will look in live action. Well, in the dark saber in general, right? Like that's seeing never the dark saber, yeah. yeah, yeah. And obviously, that you know, they can tie in Darth Maul very easily, and um, his brother, um, who I oppressed Savage, his name, but oh yeah, <laughs> Savage Oppress. Savage well, he, Oppress. He got killed by uh, he got killed by. Uh, yeah, but you can turn anybody into a spider robot, Mike. That's well, what when I've does that happen? Into, <laughs> look, anybody Wild can be Wild a West. spider robot. You know, when does Woo! certain yeah. things happen in in the timeline? I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Well, no, so basically I could explain. So all the Darth Maul stuff and Obi-Wan's girlfriend, that happened before the Siege of Mandalore, which is what um, mm. Moff Gideon, that's where he gets the Darksaber. So he gets the Darksaber after Darth Maul's uprising and shit like okay. that. But Darth Maul's yeah. still alive in Rebels, so you can bring Darth Maul back, potentially. He could be around doing Black Sun shit or yeah. Rebels related. He Darth Maul could exist here, yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't, don't miss him, guys. Too many I don't miss him. I, I know that I we was, talked I was excited when one. he popped up and I know Solo. but in so but I told you guys answering my dad's questions about but I thought he was dead and then like <laughs> no he's in a thousand cartoons who fucking yeah, cares Yeah it makes a lot of I sense if so you've seen Clone Wars oh, like great His 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 character gets way fleshed out in, in Clone Wars way beyond what the movies show obviously but it's pretty interesting actually I really like the dude who has been playing him in all of these cartoons he was Sam in the Whitworth. show being mm-hmm. human yeah he uh was the Star Killer character in Force Unleashed. So this guy's like a diehard Star Wars fan. He was um, Darth he Maul in the end of Solo. Him, right? Oh, that he that was yeah. him. So like, really? I would love to see that guy get more work. I like, think it's I Ray would, Park, you know, but I think he is doing the voice again. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the voice. I'm sorry. Um, okay, cool. So like, I would love to see that guy get more work, and like, I would like to see a, a Star Wars fan get to exist in the Star Wars universe like that. Yeah, honestly, I think the the Maul story is more interesting than most people get credit for because after Phantom Menace, he kind of gets discarded by Palpatine as like a failed uh, apprentice. So he's got a grudge against Palpatine, but he's also got this big grudge against Obi Wan. And he's just kind of like a Dooku a, for a life, Dooku boys. Get <laughs> <laughs> him, Dooku boys. boys. Just do it, Dooku him up. But that's why he's trying to take over Mandalore. Is he needs a force to to go against right, the Emperor right. as well? Um, but it also canonizes things that we would see in like Fallen Order, like the Night Sisters. Yes. Like that that became officially canon through the Darth Maul right. arc and things like that. So. Well, I'll tell you, it canonizes even fucking crazier shit than that. Real nerd cut here. <laughs> Robot the, <legs>. um, <laughs> Magic. The troop transport that the stormtroopers come in in the final couple episodes there, that is one of the very first Star Wars toys from 1979. Did not appear in any of the movies or anything. Dave Filoni was just a big fan of it. It appeared in some comics and the Clone Wars and Rebel show and then made its live action debut in The Mandalorian and then they made another toy out of it. So it was a toy and then existed in canon and now is a toy again. Wow, that's right. It's like in the the two end episodes, like seven and eight, when uh, Gideon brings in his squad on that like ground yeah. transport. That thing, yeah, right? and that thing never existed on screen before but was a toy in 1979. 
I love that. And they're even putting like the, the crates that they ship around. Like they look like the crates from Rebels. Yeah. Like the shape right. and the design. It's like they really are going for it. Those, that weird uh, cat Lothcats. Creature. Yeah. Lothcats are a thing now. Yeah. It's super cool. And for me, just seeing those pit droids on Tatooine, it was just like really tied together. I was like, oh, those are those are in the prequels. So do we have each of us, maybe, Colin, uh, start with you. Do we have like a favorite episode or favorite moment? Because we've just been basically love fest for Mandalorian. We clearly enjoyed it's, a lot and it's been it's very hard. fun. Um, yeah, you know, and again, I think it's just great. You know, it's not it's not the best thing ever made. It's not it's not terrible. It's not. It's it's just it's it's so wholesome. It's good. It's warm. Um, I just get that incredible feeling every time every episode has like a bit comedian who's doing like dramatic performances and sci-fi work. Amy Sedaris, Jacob just mentioned with the Pitroids. Right. Bill Burr, Adam Pally as the Stormtroopers with Jason Sudeikis. Horatio Sands as the mithril blue guy in the first episode yeah. with uh, Brian Posehn as the oh, driver. Yeah. That's incredible. That's um, right. Favorite episode. So it's like, I don't have a favorite episode because I just lock onto the moments a lot more because there's a lot of just interesting exchanges in the Mandalorian world. And when he's doing stuff where he's like fighting the mud horn or getting the egg and all that stuff, that's that's fine. But like you guys are saying, seeing it built out, that's that's where it's going for me. No, yeah, that's pretty rad. I like. I forgot the mud horn was even a thing because there's so well, much. Well, Mike, you've got your sigil, um, you know, and we should say we've got our normies <laughs> like us sigil. We killed the normie horn, and we we have formed our clan, <laughs> mm-hmm. the four of us. I like how this is the, way, that's the right. armorer was going to be like, okay, you killed a mudhorn, I'll make you the mudhorn. He was like, no, 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 not fam. I don't need to be the mudhorn. I don't like that. Because he it was not a... And, uh, yeah, it's a, also, I, I had an assist. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I got to split I didn't the beat credit. that boss solo. <laughs> yeah. He dark souls. He summoned in for that. He, he got the help of the child. He's like, yeah, hey, kid. I can't beat the mudhorn on my own. Um, I do like that, too. Like, it is just the exchanges. Like, the little moments where... Um, he's hunting down those uh, mercenaries in the prison ship. And it's like the light is flashing and like the hunted becomes the hunter. Right. And there's like this menace in that moment. Clancy or, Brown looks like, incredible the and practical. Dothamir uh, outfit. Oh, dude, yeah. Mike. I fucking, I love that episode. Smashes a door on him. Bilber. Like it just the, the tone. Yeah. The, the whole space Western. I, I, I love a space Western more than, yeah. you know, Steampunk or any of that. Same. Space Western is oh, my jam. That episode also has some of the directors as X-Wing pilots. Right. Love that. And That's right. I like yeah. Bill Burr being in it because it confirms that Space Boston is out there somewhere. <laughs> Space Boston accents. <laughs> it's a moon off Tatooine he, where everyone is just super fucking yeah. trashy and no one knows how <laughs> it's to It's wicked hot out here. Uh, there's no water. Well, it's just Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> He's, he talks about how, like, yeah, though he's like, I, you know, I'm not a stormtrooper, like, you know, because he's, he's a sharp suit shooter and everyone knows stormtroopers right. can't aim. So even that stuff is, is great. Um, Jacob, you have a fam- favorite moments um, or favorite episodes? I don't here? know if I have a favorite episode. I kind of just like the first couple episodes when it's just, you know, Mando doing his thing and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't rush anything. Like, he, you know, he kind of. Um, you know, he's, he's doing his first his, his first job we see in the, in the show, and then he goes um, not not to Tatooine, but a different planet with uh, the Jawas, right? And then the whole sequence of him getting on the Jawa uh, land cruiser thing is very cool. Yep. And yeah, and just how it doesn't rush anything. It just kind of takes its time with him. It's very, like, it felt like a Western. I really like that aspect of it. And I also really like uh, Cara Dune. I think she's an interesting character she's as well. the best character. 
Oh yeah, I like Shock her too. Trooper now canon. Like we have not yeah. seen mm-hmm. those on on film, or were they in Rogue One? Now that I think about it, the Death Troopers were in Rogue One. I don't think Shock Troopers mm-hmm. were, but Death Troopers were, and they they came back with Moff Gideon. Also, his his gun from the Holiday Special and the no disintegrations so cool. becomes a thing. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, right? He has little disintegration rounds, and like I mean, the Blurg like themselves. The yeah, the blurgs, those are from the animated. But like, think of the finale of Rise of Star War, where we have 40,000, you know, Star Destroyers and 40,000 good guy ships and like good versus right. evil. And it's like this huge thing. But then this, it's just, he's going to grapple hook on a single TIE fighter. And it's somehow more exciting yeah. than the entire yeah, finale no of Rise of Star War. We don't need those, those world changing right. stakes. We just need, you know, one man trying to survive, doing his job. Gets saddled with his baby. Now you got to protect his baby. And to him, the stakes aren't like, you know, huge world changing events. It's just him protecting this baby. Protecting and they might, baby. you know, he, baby Yoda might have some kind of big significance within the world, but he doesn't know that now. He's just protecting a kid. Yeah. I just think keeping it grounded is where the strength is because even the shootout in the second episode with Deborah Chow does a great job with action. That scene was oh, fucking so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, amazing. But then back to the, the TIE fighter grappling hook thing, it's like compare that to Ray backflipping and cutting it in half. Like I've just never seen a TIE fighter used in such a cool and like scary way at like an air to ground mm-hmm. threat, you know? And just man it's because everyone who made the show loves Star Wars and I right. it just shows. And I think that's why most fans really are accepting this without much friction. Joe, will you tell us uh, some of your favorite stuff about it? Um, I think my favorite overall episode is probably the Prison Break episode. I really like the contained story, and that's where we ex- start to explore character growth in, in in the series, right? Like, he's decided to take on this child, so we know he's kind of a good guy. And now you see, like, there are worse people than him. He's on a path to redemption. It's kind of like Solo-esque, and I like that a lot. Um, so much better. One episode I did not like at all uh or not not did not like at all one of my least favorite episodes that i want to talk about uh was the one on tatooine the amy sedaris stuff's great but the the other bounty hunter um i just want to talk about the fact that he's riding yeah Yeah, baby han is riding a speeder that was the speeder that dash rendar rode in shadows of the empire um do you guys think it was boba fett at the end there like can we talk about that there's that one the spurs and the cape right oh yeah yeah Yeah, because it's literally like i guess people uh discovered it was like the same sound effect it's the the same exact sound effect yeah the people making this show wouldn't do that offhand right it has to be intentional if you think of felonium and favreau right oh i mean it's definitely intentional but is it is it intentional to throw us off or just to like make us foam at the mouth or are we going to go that route? And do you guys even want it to go that route? Are you trying to not want it to go that route? Cause Ming-Na Wen's character, her assassin for the huts, she was alive at the end. The implication was it was Boba coming to get her. 
I don't know. She was alive, yeah. But the implication was he walks up to her. Cut. Yeah. And I was going to say, Joe, I do. That episode's not the best, but I did like the Ming Na Wen character. And also, fun fact the the baby Han that you guys. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is I didn't dislike any of it. Yeah. Bobby Cannavale's son. Which is insane that he even has a kid. (laughs) That kid looks like. Like so old compared to Bobby Cannonball, it's crazy. Just, uh, just someone there. must have plastered over the hole that Greedo shot next to Han Solo <laughs> in the wall there, because I didn't see any blaster hole from from Greedo shooting first. So I guess uh, the cantina took care yeah. of that one. Toro Calican, <laughs> one of the droids, cleaned it up. It's a new place. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. And then they made IG Eleven out of the the pipe in the back. <laughs> one of the only things that none of us have praised, and I think we can universally say maybe the weakest thing about it, Jacob, you said you like the earlier episodes. I would say because those later episodes where it becomes, hey, I gotta get a crew together. I know just the people we met along the way. Guys, I've you got a job a for you. <laughs> yeah, Mike, you son of a bitch, <laughs> I'm fucking in. Hint about what we might be talking about <laughs> next week. Um, yep. it's I, that That is like, I get it. It's a cool tone. You keep introducing the coolest characters. There is no way they would all end up on a ship together at the end going, well, you know, I'm the gun guy. Well, you know, I'm the this and that. Well, I like the foreshadowing where you have like IG-11, um, Cara Dune. So you're kind of meeting these characters individually. Well, and you kind of know that they're going to team up at the end, right? Um, yeah, and like IG-11, yeah, uh, what, they, what, what do they give us? Check off self-destruct sequence. Like yeah, we know that he's going to self-sacrifice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting what they do with his character because like he kills him in the first episode, but then the, the little Nick Nolte guy like fixes him to make him he like a name. brain damage basically, <laughs> Jacob. He does like the montage of like learning to walk again. You don't you don't get right. that in a lot of stuff. Let alone from a robot. Physical it's, therapy it's cool. Yes, Mike. I love it. It's unique. <laughs> And yeah, and then it's Mando weird. still doesn't trust him, but you know he grows to trust him over time. And then I also like the Nick Nolte guy because um, he's just like a good guy who wants to help the Mando. And like, mm-hmm. I just good like God. him. He's an honorable little guy. And he gives us um, "I've spoken." Right, this is the way all I the iconic spoken. catchphrases. Hey, right? what is what is that really racist Knuckles from Sonic say? Does he also say "I am the way" or "This is"? He says, I know me. Do you know the way? Do you know the way? Do you know the way? What if that's and then that immediately got memed? Yeah, this is the way. And then they showed him the curds next to it. I mean, all of this stuff is, you know, Colin, like you said, I, I definitely get the criticism. It's, but it's Magnificent Seven. It is, you know, space western, um, right. and it's. I think Seven the Samurai plot is Samurai, yeah. the plot is so simple. It's the execution that makes this special, and it's the world building, and that's why, like, I'm, I'm kind of curious where we go in season two because the plot was so simple. What's the plot going to be now? Like, if Ahsoka Tana is involved, she knows. Master Yoda, if she sees that this thing is Force-sensitive, she's going to know right. what that is. That opens it up in a major way. Like, maybe we could see Mark Hamill play Luke. Like, is that is Ooh. that batshit crazy to say? Well, I'll be interested to see how how Ahsoka Tano fits in and if she's a if she's going to be in like every episode or if she's going to be more of like a guest star that is in like one episode or what. If what she's in time I mean, this is a rumor. What would the timeline be, my timeline, boys? This is her post-Rebels? She, she would be wearing well, the white cloak all the time? Yeah, I, she'd I be white cloak. This is post-Rebels, right? Ah, it's no, like it's a, after it's Rebels, because Rebels is setting uh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is after original trilogy. Rebels is pre-Rebels. 
original trilogy. You're exactly so right. At this point, she's in the time before in the, the world between worlds. Right. Yeah. Essentially. Oh, that's Rebels. That's her. right. She was on that ship with Ezra, Mike. So what does that and mean? And saw Palpatine. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I don't want it to be too tied in with the Jedi. Obviously, we're going to we're going to have to go somewhere in that direction because figuring out, well, where's Yoda from? The Darksaber obviously is an artifact that has links to the first Mandalorian Jedi ever. So do you want to yeah, talk I mean, it's uh, going some Jedi way? Mm-hmm. Do we want to say this some hopes before we do some some wrap up talk here and we jump to the end here? Do you guys want to say what would you look forward to in that second season? Um, are we going to get more Moff Gideon? Obviously, we're going to get some Darksaber. Are we going to get some answers on Mandalore? Are they going to try to go to Mandalore? Will the Armorer come back and be a character? Will we get more of a consistent crew? Will it be more of these one-off episodes? What, Jacob, what, what do you think? Well, I think they're going to kind of piecemeal out the like big important things because I think you know they want this to go on for more than two seasons. They're probably thinking maybe like five or six seasons. So we're not going to get all the answers like who's the baby Yoda, what is his significance, all Will that he stuff. talk? Will he talk, Jacob? Will he say, Din Jardin, watch two, out? <laughs> oh, no, you don't think so? He's, he's oh, Wait, how old is he? He's 500 years old or he's some dumb bullshit? He's 55 yeah. years old? He's Well, the last time that the beacon made a noise was 50 years ago, so... Because in the beginning, what well, Werner Herzog you know says I mean? he's 50 years old. Well, no, he says that the the transpotter is 50 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's been sitting there for 50 years. You know what I mean? Or he's been being tracked for 50 Uh, years. Okay. Interesting. For Yoda's age, baby? I thought it meant that the baby Yoda was 50 years old. Like, the actual target that they were going to collect was 50 years old. Yeah, because Yoda is, like, 900 years old. So, a a child in in Yoda terms is, like, 50. He's so much like a green gizmo. I didn't put it together until Joe said it. It's so perfect. He really he's is. a little mogwai. He's like a, he's like if gremlins were cute, like a mogwai, right? right. Yeah. It's like, don't get him wet. Yeah. But like, we're not going to see, you know, if he's 50 now, a couple of years is a drop in the glass. Right. Well, that's like, the question I have about talk. the Yoda species. So I do think we'll get some, maybe some more answers about the Yoda species, kind of, and maybe they'll get a name. I don't know, but Joe, how about um, a time skip? Um, I I hope not. I mean, I kind of like that we're exploring a time period that was really explored in the EU. Like all of the books are about this time period that that people fantasized about, and the video right, games like Shadow were. Of the Empire and yeah, we would have well, like a the one Empire eye Chewie during? by this point, right? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, I guess Chewie. I guess that's never canon because Chewie doesn't even explode in Rise of Star Wars <laughs> on this spaceship. So never mind. No, this no, this would be like the time that like solo. Jedi Academy happens. Right, is uh, kind of where we are. Um, so like, I like that we're exploring that time period. I wouldn't want to jump past it to, you know, oh, okay, now they're on the run from the First Order. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I think it should stay in the same time period because, I mean, they the way they leave the series is like, um, you know, they're still on the run. So, um, you know, I want to see that resolved more. And I think um, uh, Moff Gideon will definitely feature heavily into the second season as an antagonist. 
Yeah, I think he's like a cultural appropist appropriator. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a weeb. You know what I mean? Who's like all about like Mandalorian culture and uh, out here taking. That's like the what the, the Knights of Ren are like. Um, uh, uh, well, you know, because what is he clearly had something to do with the siege of Mandalore. He was able to acquire the dark saber, but it's also important enough that like the first order is like. All right, you can just keep that thing. Like, we don't need it in our archives. Like, you're cool enough and high rank enough that you're allowed to have the Darksaber. Well, he's a Moff. So, like, Moff Gideon, yeah. Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a part of, Moff of Tarkin. the Empire. And that's another thing I like about the show is kind of seeing the the aftermath of what happened after the Empire, Emperor is killed in Episode 6. Um, kind of the crumbling empire, all these different Moffs and high up people in the Empire. They're still around, so now they're kind of becoming local gangsters or, or whatever. You know? Like warlords yeah. of local territories. Yeah, yeah, which is that's what we started to They're trying to, see. to grab their peace. S- right. Exactly. Of whatever you can hold on to, which is what happens when feudal states fall but apart. But you know? I also and think how the, does... I think the overarching plot of the show with Baby Yoda will somehow lead into like the creation of the New Order. Like I think that's why Werner Herzog wanted Baby Yoda was because they're trying to build the New Order or something. I think that'll factor into it eventually. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to tie it into some stuff that it is canon because of the Battlefront 2 storyline um, where there's like a robot that has like a recording of the Emperor that some people are still obeying. Um, and he's like, no, I need to like suck that baby's force juice. Right. And then Ahsoka no, puts him that. on a path to get him to to meet Luke. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it kind of goes is like he's got to he's got to be given another task of like you have to take the baby here so we can enjoy fun side quests along the way and i am more looking forward to the fun side quests than anything same the thing that kind of sucks is having the sequel trilogy we know that like nothing's going to factor in too heavily because you know obviously it would have been mentioned so even if oh oh, hold on jacob what if he goes to school yes with kylo ren (laughs) aka ben solo he's like hey little (laughs) guy so where's his roommate had one roommate buddies Keg stand, I will Man, do. Ben, you have the best jizz records. Can I borrow <laughs> no, some? I'm, I'm a jizz enthusiast. A jizz records does not sound good. Mike, I want to hear from you. Better what are you looking for in next season? Is it more Carl Weathers? Is he sticking around? Are you excited for that? Uh, Carl Weathers was cool. Like I said, it's getting the, the crew. I, I want to see, you know, more Siege of Mandalore Moff uh, Gideon, I, I just rewatched Breaking Bad recently, and I think I like Moff Gideon more than Gus Fring. Like, I think he's, it's not just, well, Gus Fring never had a Darksaber, so that's probably a big part of it. You had a box you get a Darksaber, um, you, you get, like, points. You did have a box on. cutter, though. <laughs> get that yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm wondering if, if like, Sabine is going to make an appearance, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I think the Darksaber needs to get in the hands of the leader of the new Mandalore, which will be born. I don't think it's going to be Din Jardin, right? But who is the Mandalorian who can take that place? Will we meet someone like that? Mike, I don't um, know. Is Boba going to come Manic. and try to take it? Well, right. Interesting stuff. So I, I'm interested in more Mandalorian culture lore, right? Um, he, he's got the jetpack, uh, things like that. And then, yeah, just what we know, know about, you know, Baby Yoda species. We're going to run into the Jedi a little bit more because that's, the only record we have is two of them, and they were both part of the Jedi Council. So let's talk to some Jedi and see what we can suss out if there are any left, you know, basically. And that's what I see it 
being a lot of side quests. Like, oh, I, th- I heard someone was over here. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, really looking forward to that. We don't want the main story. Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to hear. No, that. I just think yeah, the main so story will be there. very, you know, slowly revealed over time, and there'll be a lot of side quests in between. I think that's the way it should be. Wait, Yoda just, did like, have sex. <laughs> when, on the season two like finale the of Mandalore, Yoda's sex tape. <laughs> oh man, it hasn't That's been a Disney Plus exclusive. It hasn't been years since there's been television that like I was excited to watch that I didn't think would suck. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, the writing was on the wall. People would just complain the next day. Like the talk was never positive. It feels really good to have a show that like. I can't wait for that to come back because I enjoy it. I'm not hate watching it. Everyone has it's nice never camp to show. Say. It's always very it's not earnest. Star Trek Picard. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, and another thing. Let's not go there. Um, I you know before this came out, I was kind of apprehensive. I was like, oh, is this going to be good or is this going to be another like controversial Star Wars project? And it ended up being good, which gave me hope for other TV plans that they have, including the Obi Wan series, which I also was apprehensive about. But seeing how they did this one, it does give me hope that the Obi-Wan series will be at least decent, hopefully. If they make it. I still if think they'll make we, it. I mean, if we ever get another Disney Plus it. show, it seems like we're, we'll never get another one. I don't know. Well, once they resume, you know, production, well, you know, obviously nothing is shooting right now. So hopefully we can get back to shooting stuff and then Obi-Wan will come out next summer. I don't know. Yeah, and then we also got the... Uh, not Dash Rendar TV show. Hell yeah, um, Cassian, Endor. Cassian Endor. Cassian Endor. Right. Cassian, not that Endor. one I'm less excited about. I just The only one I'm, one I'm excited for because Ewan McGregor is excited for it and he loves being Obi-Wan, so it can't be terrible, right? It's Jacob, be did you hear the rumor that the reason they did a page one rewrite is because it was about him he was, protecting he a was child? Right. So <laughs> and he's he, like, we're not Whatever doing that. he signs off on, I will trust. Basically, I mean, it's I like, like that it's, it's him protecting baby Luke. It's two different eras, too, right? Like, you're gonna have one, you're gonna have Cassian Endor or Obi Wan, whichever one it is, or both of them are gonna take place before the original series. This right. is taking place mm-hmm. after the original series. I love that we're not worried about being like so linear with these shows, like, they're gonna take right. place at different points across the timeline. Give me one that's set, you know. In the fucking prequel era or something like that too. Like I love that now yeah. that we've buried the rise of Star Wars, we can actually explore stuff that made Star Wars great to begin with, which is well, we young even, creative directors doing different things. Yeah. Yeah. We could even get like some old Republic era stuff, like um you know, Hell yeah. Republic, which is a thousand years before the, the new Republic, right? That's the rumored new trilogy. I just want to see like a, a, a period drama set in Boss Nass's palace and all the intrigue and backstabbing and political maneuvering of the Gungans. Bring me my cortisone. <laughs> I want to see Lothcat on a hot tin roof. The Obi-Wan one will be interesting because obviously, you know, at the end of the prequels, he goes to Tatooine and then essentially he's on Tatooine watching young Luke for the rest of his life. So I will be interested in how they make a show out of that or what he'll be doing in the meantime. But, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Why is my hair white now? (laughs) Why have I aged 30 years in in five years? Because there's two sons. It dries you out. Come on, man. Luke is only seven. Radiation. 
I'll tell you, <laughs> That's right. you know, we probably won't have any answers on Boba Fett and then the Obi-Wan show will happen and they'll do the same exact thing that they did in this show with the Obi-Wan show where you just have like those spurs walk up Jesus. and like pick yeah. something up off the ground. We'll hear, we'll hear uh, Maul, like his lightsaber will like fire up. That'll be the last episode of the Obi-Wan series right. and we'll be like, all right, I guess. Yeah. I just want to see a, a gloved hand on the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> oh, ooh, Mike! Mike just nailed it. That's exactly. And it's the guy who, um, uh, it's the guy with the rancor. Him and the rancor crawl out. <laughs> it's a big twist. Mike. We did see we're gonna have we're gonna have those uh, those guards in the uh, <laughs> the Gamorians bring so. them back. Oh yeah, yeah. Rock Hell yeah, <laughs> Gamorian <laughs> guards. Friar Tux. Well, almost done being uh, forged right now so maybe we should uh, go over and talk the wrap up before they get our, our sigils printed on these things. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're back. Our whistling birds are coming. Mike is over there. He's got his helmet on. He's putting on his uh, his um, what? What did she? A podlin? A padlin? This enough beska for a padlin at most? <laughs> what right, did it's she called say? A pauldron. A pauldron, yeah. But that's like a um, a old cauldron. Knights, you know, suits of armor. So uh, cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the shoulder piece. Yeah, you know, yeah. just in case you get shot by a laser, you're gonna want to turn and twist as fast as you can. Try to make a metal helmet. <laughs> um, yeah, Mike's got it. In movies, you only get shot in the shoulder anyway if you're a main character. It's the most important ah. thing to wear your bulletproofing on. Yeah. yeah. That's you why know. they never wear That's where he really pushes his way into doors. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> we should say Din Djarin, he got uh, a little beat up in our last episode, too. So going forward, guys, is he going to have brain damage as we're thinking about our final thoughts here? <laughs> IG-11 operated on his brain to keep him alive. Does that oh, mean he dude. is... A goofball flying the uh, <laughs> razor crest around in the sky. Yeah, I'm just glad. Uh, uh, razor crest. What a cool yeah, name. Great ship too. What a cool ship. It looks very old Star Pre, Wars. Pre Republic can't be tracked. Oh, and okay. I wanted to shout out. Um, you know, I want to shout out Pedro Pascal, who I'm a big fan of. Um, so going back good. to Game of Thrones, you know, Oberyn Martell, the Red Viper. As soon as I saw that guy, that was the first thing I remember seeing him. And I was like, that guy has like some star quality. I can definitely see him. Stuff. Yeah, he did a great job from the comfort of his home, recording a couple lines of dialogue and emailing them over. Hey, come on. Man. Yeah, I wish come he was on. in the suit more. We didn't mention but... that. Clint Eastwood's son? Or no, uh, sorry, John Wayne. Yes, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne's grandson. Grandson, uh, right. And I did hear interviews with Horatio Sands where he was saying, hey, you know, that that does bug Pedro Pascal. The the times I was shooting, he was around on set, so don't say that he wasn't I'm there, sure guys. He would... So I, I don't know. Who wouldn't yeah, want to do that? I think he that? probably would want to be in the suit. It's more due to liability reasons, probably, and it's Scheduling. just cheaper to have just a stuntman stunt yeah. stuff. Yeah. But I do like that it's John Wayne's grandson. It's like tying back to the Hell, space it's western. It's a cowboy. He's got the gait, Mike, the yeah. walk, the swagger. The way that he pulls up the pistol, he shoots you from the side, you know that that's a cowboy. And even like Gideon's armor, it's like we have white hat, black hat. You have silver armor and black armor. Like It's classic western imagery. Um, one thing I didn't mention before I get to final thoughts is it would be great to see if there's a season three, season four that he does age to where like now you have like 
a 60 year old Mandalorian who's like, I can't take care of you, teenage baby Yoda anymore. Oh. You know, and then he has to pass the to- like now he's going to Luke's training school or something. Take I don't me know. to school. He wouldn't you will. even be teenage Yoda. Like, yeah. you got to think it's it, be a jizz. drop in the water. You know, he might have like a half a tooth grown. <laughs> right. Yeah. It has to be like 50 years from now. He's like five years old. and not even five he's a toddler right now like i'm yeah, that's the one thing where it's like you gotta they gotta walk that line carefully because if he starts yeah. talking it'll be like what are what is yoda species work like pokemon where they just like evolve at one point yes yeah. like, they don't speak for the first 50 in. years of their life but then when they turn yeah. 51 and then they don't shut up yeah <laughs> and then from 51 to 800 it's talk 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 talk, talk. they talk goofy yeah, but then they're, the way this is you know, the way this the is yoda can flip around and fight but then 30 years later he's ready to die oh i gotta so. go it's a it's a steep <laughs> no curve. you don't no i gotta go here's a theory i did read and this is interesting it's like okay so if yoda is 900 years old and then he died and then 50 years old as a baby like that is such like a shitty like reproductive cycle for animals because like think about wild animals like deer like they're born ready to stand up and walk somewhere and humans are really right. shit it's because exposed. it takes us like two years to even be able to speak and walk right so to be exposed to danger for 50 years that means if anybody ever found their planet or had in the past they might be right. in extremely short supply and that's why they're so secretive because it's so hard to raise a yoda species that's well, that's going to be why they're mostly extinct and we right. don't see anyone. Because the, they, they breed today. They got hunted. Hundreds right. of years. They must have evolved on a planet with no natural predators. Exactly. Or at least, yeah. Very interesting. But we'll so see we'll see what those implications are, yeah. Because you can't yeah. just have a baby this year and be like, all right, we're repopulated. You got 400 those are the years rules of a Futurama yeah. alien. <laughs> it's like making a... Making a baked potato, it takes a really long time. <laughs> and then it's perfect. <laughs> but if you put it in the microwave, I'm sure the Caminoans can figure it out. Cloners. <laughs> Caminoans. <laughs> okay, cloners. let's hit right, some final Dexter thoughts Jackster there. cameo in the next minute. Hell yeah. <laughs> Free and Dexter Jackster. Let's hit final thoughts because I do want to say I will go giving mine, Colin here. Uh, I do think it is a clone. I, I do think whenever we get whatever the story of the baby Yoda or whatever the grand scheme that the Mandalorian is trying to tell us that that is where it will end up. Um, I like this show. I I'm super excited about it. Carl Weathers is directing episodes next season. We're getting more Taika. We're getting more Deborah Chow. Um, Dave Filoni, Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez just announced Joe. That's incredible. Dave Filoni, a guy I am not familiar with. I never watched those clone Wars series Watching that documentary about Mandalorian, I was surprised to see his background was in stuff like Avatar, The Last Airbender, which I've never experienced as well. Um, I feel very confident in his hands and Jon Favreau's hands. I wish that he would stop doing these Disney remakes because I guess he's about to do Hercules or something, too. It's like, okay, man, I don't know what you're doing, but I am happy with the direction Mando is going. I think the thing with Dave Filoni, he's really well-versed in episodic TV because he, you know, he came up through Avatar and Clone Wars and stuff. So he understands the idea of having a season-long show with an arc, but also having individual smaller arcs within, which is really hard to do, actually. And a lot of TV shows now, they don't even try to do that. And I like, It can be epic. It can be personal. Yeah. And I, I think that's a hard line to, to follow. But I think he does a good job and he's a Star Wars super fan. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah. Jacob, any other last thoughts on The Mandalorian? I just think, you know, it's great. I think it's, um, I mean, it's not the best Star Wars thing ever, but it's 
good Star Wars stuff in the year 2020. So uh, I'm excited to see more. I'm excited to have uh, Ahsoka Tano, Rosario, Rosario Dawson, um, who I always like to see in things. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see um, that, and I'm just excited to see where it goes from here. You want John Favreau to do, like, Pinocchio. You like you want him to just keep going. You want Mando, but then every other season, you want him to do a live-action Disney remake. 101 too. Dalmatians. <laughs> I, like oh, Favreau, some, I don't like everything that John Favreau But you're a done, huge but... Zathura fan. You have that Zathura <laughs> tattoo on your back. The robot, it's huge. Yeah, I love Rounders. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man um, 2, baby. Chef is great. That's unironic, yeah. though. That is great. Chef is great. Chef is great. <laughs> yeah. Chef, to me, Chef, it was, he wanted to uh, have um, you know Scarlett Johansson be his love interest. And yeah. It's like, Sophia Vergara, his ex-wife. <laughs> he's got a yeah, very mixed-up idea of <laughs> what he looks like because he's had money for so long. Yeah, you're right, Jacob. <laughs> he's a great, great man. His Lion King was all right. I, you know, it's, I think Lion King was the best of these Disney live-action adaptations that I've seen. No way. Well, that, that's yeah, for another I'd... time. <laughs> nah, I don't give a fuck about yeah, what do you, that. What do you give a fuck about Mandalorian, though, Joe? Uh, I do give a fuck about Mandalorian. I'm really glad that the first live-action step away from the Skywalker saga was a slam fucking dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it's hungry filmmakers trying different stuff. They're bringing a lot of filmmaking advances and to something completely new like that's something we 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 really highlighted here and it is uh the biggest television show ever i'm really glad it's great i like being excited about star wars and i like that we're exploring different corners of that universe um that's it man i'm excited for more i'm happy to have something star wars on tv joe it's awesome hell yeah man we have arrived not since the droids cartoon can't come soon enough yeah so (laughs) come on mike (laughs) No, but we, you know, regardless of that, yeah. yeah, we have good Star Wars TV. October's coming soon. Um, I think, like Joe said, it's creative filmmakers taking risks and doing, telling creative, interesting stories in the universe. That's what we need. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is one of the most interesting characters to piggyback off Jacob. She has a very interesting story. I am no Jedi kind of thing. She's uh, in the middle, disillusioned, which we got a hint at in Last Jedi. So maybe let's explore more of that. And it's the best of Disney Star Wars, in my opinion. And Dave Filoni, as one of the guys behind it, leading up to Disney Star Wars The Force Awakens, I rewatched all the Clone Wars up to that point, and I thought, man, this is some of the best Star Wars content. This guy really gets it. And the fact that exactly. we've gotten this and we're going to get more is, is very reassuring to me as a fan of Star Wars because it was disappointing up to Rise of Star Wars. So at least this is something to be happy and united and, and excited about. And Yeah. That's right. I just wonder about Disney, a company that makes money with theme parks, which are closed, and movie theater gates, which are closed, how long financially can this go? And will we get, you know... How how many years you got? I think it pays for itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, and Disney will so. be here long after we're all buried. And keeping fans interested, it kind of pays for itself. Plus, there's like the stealth marketing of Baby Yoda just being a huge... Um, you know, a huge cultural thing. Well, toy sales have fallen off in the, the current franchise, but I think Baby Yoda can all but rectify that situation by himself. Very so true. You might be right there. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, very good stuff. I'm glad that this was the way and that we have all spoken on The Mandalorian. It has been a great <laughs> conversation. Thank and you And they guys were all suited me. up here. We've all got our best scar on. Um, 
As always, check us out at normies uh, underscore like underscore us on all social medias. Hit us up there. We love episode ideas. We love feedback. Rate, review, subscribe the podcast. That helps us out because it just gets more people to see it. That is all we want, uh, you know, because we like talking to you guys. So check it out. Otherwise, this has been your host, Colin Dune. Uh, Mike Quill. Uh, Joe Jardin. This is uh, Baby Jacob, the child. Baby Jacob. Baby has got to go to bed. Of course, he is lifting us all up with his hand right now. So please put us down, Jacob. Now the episode's over. It bit me. Till our paths cross again. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I'm walking away from the microphone now. And stop. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.